0: Do you ever wonder if anyone is listening to your prayers? If your prayers even work? More than half the world prays daily. Close to 80% pray frequently. Yet the big question is is anyone listening? Do these prayers work? What is the benefit of prayer? Why do we pray? Please join me in this important discussion. We pray, but is anyone listening? Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and we will be discussing an important and vital topic. We pray, but as anyone listening, this program is dedicated in honor of Ghani Goodman, with much gratitude and appreciation from your MLC family. Prayer, it's one of those more mysterious elements of life. From the beginning of time, human beings have prayed. Prayer could be religious. It could also be not necessarily the religious type per se, but some form of reaching up, crying out to however we believe a higher reality is out there, and asking for a response. Especially in times of need, prayer becomes very prominent. We constantly hear about people saying different prayers when someone's not well, when there's a crisis, when there's a a need for some type of salvation or redemption, But the big question is this, is anyone listening? And does prayer work? Or is it just simply to, to a type of solve, a type of way of just uh, relieving a person's need to express themselves? Well, especially in the teachings of mysticism and um, Talmudic sources, prayer plays a very dominant role. When you look in the Bible, you see it constantly. You see the different prayers that individuals, men and women, said to God when they were in time of need or in other times, thanking God, and different forms of expression. All goes into the category of prayer. In Hebrew, the word for prayer is tefillah, which actually means to connect. It's to connect, to bind yourself. It's like connecting yourself to something beyond yourself and many people will tell you prayer is simply calming and relieving in a sense where you feel you're not alone you feel you can reach out and cry out and call out and beseech something beyond yourself and many people will even tell you even though my prayers may not have been answered but the mere fact that i prayed was helpful to me on the other side of the coin there are those that will tell you clearly prayers are answered and even when we don't see them being answered I remember that famous story in Israel where Mrs. Waxman, her son, was kidnapped by terrorists. And they made different demands. Israel would not negotiate with them. But as they usually did, they found out where he was being held captive. And they broke in but came a minute too late. But the whole country was praying for him. It was like a big headlines. They came a minute too late and he was killed. So afterwards, a a journalist asked, I don't even know how a journalist can be that insensitive, he asked Mrs. Waxham, so what happened with your prayers? And she calmly said, with a type of aplomb and and, uh, eloquence, especially under those circumstances, she said, we prayed, God listened, and he responded. And then she added, he said no. It's interesting. In other words, it's not always just a type of... uh, bomb, and just something we think is an automatic, you press a button and you get your prayers answered. And prayers are answered in different ways. You could say no, or it could be right not now, or prayer will be answered in a way that we may not know how it's answered. Or maybe it's the right answer that we need, and in time we discover that's for the case. So there are many ways to look at it, but I want to talk about the listening part. I remember the scene, everyone knows the scene in the end of Oh God... It was a film that came out in the early 70s. It was um, uh, Burns played God, where God appears to uh, John Denver, he's the actor, and says, I want you to go to the human race and tell them that they're not doing their job properly. I sent them here for a purpose. And it was a very interesting, humorous film, but also very, very insightful. And um, at the end of the film... John Denver, of course, is quite skeptical throughout the film, but he finally accepts it, and he begins a relationship with God. And it goes through all kinds of different interesting things. I'm not going to go through the details. At the end of the film, God says to him, listen, I'm giving up on these people. I'm going back to the wood. And he's dressed up in the garments of uh, of, of hunting garments, where he's going out. Well, I don't know if hunting garments is the right word. Geared to go out into the wild. I'm going to go back to the wild with nature. And John Denver says to God, he says to him, but I'll miss you. I'll miss our conversations. So God responds, you speak and I'll listen. In other words, you may not hear my response in the physical sense of the word, but you will, I'll be listening. And it captures a very essential component in firstly our relationship. Even though when I said before prayer, it didn't mean necessarily only to God. But obviously, when you think about it, prayer implies you're praying to some higher force, some higher reality. The fact that some people have a challenge and difficulty with God, like I've said many times, from Levi Yitzhak Badichev, he said, "The God to a self-proclaimed atheist, he said, the God you don't believe in, I also don't believe in. But the idea that there is a higher reality, that we are not self-made human beings, that there is something greater than we are, and a greater cause, is one of the key things in what prayer is about. You're trying to reach, to. you want to call it your father in heaven. You want to call it a higher reality, the essence of it all. So it really does come down to when you say, is anyone listening? You say, anyone, who do we mean by anyone? We don't just mean other people, because we're not praying to other people. So we're praying to a higher, a deity, even those that don't want to call it a deity, they call it some higher presence, however you want to define it. I'm not going into the variations of prayers here. But it's interesting because when you think about it, it really comes down to not just prayer, it comes down to what is our relationship with that higher reality. And it's pretty obvious that existence doesn't begin and end with ourselves. Even though selfishness and egocentricity would dictate that we're the center of the world and everything orbits around us, but anyone with a little intelligence realizes there's more to life than you are, than you. You're an important component. And for yourself, it may be the most important component, but you're not the only component. There are other people, there's nature, there's a universe, there are cosmos. And especially when you get familiar with the spiritual dimensions, there's a whole stratospheres and layers and layers of higher states of consciousness and awareness. So when you think of it that way, you can rephrase the question and say, what's our relationship with the bigger picture? And does the bigger picture, is the bigger picture aware of, and does it listen to the small picture, which is you? Because that's really the essence of it all. And if you think about it, it makes total sense. Prayer, in a sense, is saying, here I am in a situation. Let's just take a situation, a dire situation, a difficult one, which provokes most people to pray. So you're, you're in your own little constraints, limited, feeling down, not knowing what will happen, and you reach out in prayer. You cry in prayer, beseech, implore, please help. Please help my relative, my friend, my parent to heal. Please help me in a financial crisis, my children or other, other things we struggle with. So what are you really saying when you're doing that? And I'm not talking But of course, there's a certain knee-jerk and even juvenile approach to it, which is you just pray. I'm in need. I pray. And I'm not knocking that in any way. But if you think about it a bit deeper, what you're really saying is I'm not alone in this universe. I don't want to be alone. I'm reaching out to something beyond me. And I know I'm part of that bigger picture. I'm an imploring and asking, please open up channels, new channels or block channels of blessings that will... Remedy the situation I am in. Even if it's a prayer not in a time of crisis, a prayer, for example, I pray to have a a successful job interview and get a good job and make a good living. Or a prayer to have a safe trip. Or a prayer that my children should succeed in school. Even if, again, there's no trouble, it's the same idea. What you're doing is opening up channels. And that's why prayer is called connection. You're connecting yourself and the situation that you're praying about, with something beyond you, the bigger picture. Think of it this way. If life in general is one long narrative, a big book of many chapters and many sections that goes on since the beginning of time till today, and we're one part of it, we're one chapter of that book, or one section of that book, what prayer is essentially saying, I want to connect to all the previous chapters and to the ones that come, the future chapters, that I should be seen as part of that bigger picture. And for that I need ABC, I need so-and-so to be healthy, to be pure, to be aligned with that bigger picture. That's really what it's about. The the contrast to that on the the so-called other side of the coin would be where a person feels all alone, self-contained, and maybe sometimes it works for you, but very often it doesn't, and and you don't feel you have any recourse and any hope. So prayer is also connected with hope. So when you broaden it in that sense, the real question is not just is anyone listening, but is there a response to that request for hope? Are we indeed connected? Because listening doesn't always mean that you need someone that has open ears. You want what you really want is to be recognized, to be appreciated to be validated, and that you are, you are indeed part of that bigger picture, and that bigger picture takes care of you in some way. And I should immediately qualify. Prayer is never instead of the, eff- the efforts and actions we need to take. Because part of the story is that that higher reality, God has given you intelligence, emotions, resources, and tools to achieve things to deal with a problem, to strategize. That's what we find in the Bible, the story when Jacob was preparing to meet his brother Esau, who was his archenemy. He prayed, yes, but he also prepared a bribe to appease Esau, and he also prepared for war. Thank God he didn't need the war. The prayer and the appeasement were enough. In other words, prayer goes hand in hand with our efforts. And I would even say it's part of the prayer, because prayer means there's a partnership. To pray alone and just say, let me pray to God and I'll go to sleep and I don't have to do anything, that's not, the, that's not the way it works. It's together, it's like saying, I will do my part, but I also ask you to do your part. So hand in hand, it's about a relationship between you, you that small picture with the big picture. That part of the narrative, that frame in the film with a larger story. Which also tells us what prayer should consist of. Yes, you can pray for exactly what you need. Health, livelihood, children, long life. All the other things we pray for. Those are the specifics. But overall, what you're doing when you're praying is saying, I'm connecting myself to something beyond me. And in that sense, please open those channels. So I'm part of it and you're part of me. In Hasidic discourses, in Hasidic teachings, it tells us prayer is also from the bottom up. You initiate it. Whatever it is that you are in need of or whatever is driving you, you initiate it, which has particular power because self-initiation, human initiative, is what triggers and generates all types of energy. So it's like cause and effect, action and reaction. You do something, there's a reaction to what you do. So in that sense, the word listening is anyone listening has to be understood in a much broader way. Yes, it's true when you're speaking to a friend or to a partner in business or to just anyone, you ask them for something and then you wonder and you ask them, did you hear what I said? Are you listening to what I said? And you find that they ignored you. Or even if they heard you, they are ignoring your request. So yes, that doesn't feel very good. Now, there could be a legitimate reason why they are rejecting your request, or maybe illegitimate. But regardless, there we're talking about two humans, and the way we respond to each other is by by listening and responding. When you're talking about this higher reality, prayer, in that sense, to God, there, the listening doesn't always take on the the physical form of someone's actual ears hearing. It means it's being absorbed, it's being responded to, it's uh, it's being acknowledged. That's the key thing. Which is why you have to understand it in a more sophisticated way. If your child asks you, is God listening to my prayer that I just said? The answer is absolutely He is. How do I know if He is? Look at your life. If things improve, if your prayers are responded to, that means someone was listening. Now, someone will say, what happens if it wasn't responded to? That still doesn't mean it wasn't being listened to. It means perhaps the answer came in a different way. Perhaps you don't see it immediately. It'll take some time. The Shalah, one of the great mystics, 16th, uh, 17th, sixteenth, 17th century, writes something very powerful when he talks about prayer. He says, why is it that we see that people pray and they don't get a response? So he answers, prayer opens up doors between our reality and the higher spiritual realities. Sometimes you need 50 doors to be opened. So your one prayer opened one of them. 49 prayers may have opened 49, and the 50th prayer will open them all. Also an interesting way, in other words, is to get rid of obstructions and obstacles that don't allow us to be aligned to that. Because at the end of the day, and this is the most important point of all, is health. When I say health, I don't just mean physical health. A healthy life and everything that you need in life is really about being aligned to the energy that's flowing into you. Just think of it on a physical term, medical health. What's a healthy human being when the blood is flowing from the heart to all parts of the body seamlessly, effortlessly, without any obstructions or any blocks, to the point you don't even recognize it? The same thing, you're breathing. You're breathing, you breathe in oxygen through your lungs, you inhale. It then oxygenates and and properly Re, re, uh, re, uh, rev- revives and re- revitalizes the blood. And you exhale the carbon monoxide and then again, inhale and exhale. Did I say monoxide? Carbon dioxide, I should have said. So this is a process of a healthy process, a flow, a rhythm, a pulsating rhythm. God forbid lack of health is what when there's some block? Where the flow is not proper, there's some obstruction. So the same thing is spiritually speaking, and same thing which also affects us physically, that the flow of blessings in life, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, is when you're aligned with your higher purpose. When you're aligned with why you're here, with what what you do is aligned with who you are. And when that alignment is complete, That creates a healthy life, a wholesome life, a fulfilling one. Prayer is one of the methods we use to realign. We see a problem, we ask for help, we pray for help. And it's really about realigning ourselves. That's why when it comes together with the actions we do, all that's properly repairing or aligning the channels of our lives, the channels that enter into our lives, with its higher purpose, with a larger narrative. And in that sense, there's always, every prayer is being listened to. Because you're part of the picture. Even before you begin to pray, you're part of that picture. However, you need to be aware of it. Because because you are put here in this world doesn't mean that everything is going to go smoothly because you have the free will to choose to play your music, to play your song, to fulfill your calling. Prayer is part of that process of reconnecting and connecting to, connecting and reconnecting to the higher reality. So in, in, in sum, the, the bottom line is every prayer is listened to. Now, of course, if it's deeper intention and with a real heartfelt type of prayer, sometimes we use the term, it pierces heavens. That cry pierces heavens. What means it pierces? It pierces the barriers the boundaries, the blocks, the obstructions that may block out. One of the reasons we blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah, to pierce the heavens, to pierce and get, eliminate any obstacle in the way. It's like a cry. When a child cries out, the parent hears the child and, and responds. So all our prayers are listened to. Sometimes we merit and see it Immediately. Sometimes we merit and see it in time, and sometimes it's responded in a way that we may not fully understand at the time. But it's always listened to for, this, for the reasons we're, saying, we're discussing now. Which is why we should never give up. Because it's not just about whether you get that immediate response, it's the fact that you've connected yourself to something beyond yourself. I've told the story a number of times, our mayor, my premishlan, so he was one of the great Hasidic leaders. So he once went to a town, and uh, Friday, he wanted to go to the ritual bath, the mikveh, before, the, before sa- the Sabbath would enter, to sanctify himself. However, in these small towns in Russia, or in these large towns as well, the, it was, the winters were bitter cold, the mountains, the hills would freeze, and this particular mikveh was at the bottom of a hill that was very slippery, so people wouldn't really go during the winter. He insisted. He was not a young man. A few of the skeptics said, okay. Uh, and they decided to follow him. Now they slipped and fell, and who knows what happened. He, without effortlessly, made it all the way down and came out of the mikvah, went back, and, and all was as if it was not slippery at all. Later, these skeptics said to him, how is it that you were able to make it in the mountain? It was slow, slow, slippery. And his answer was, when you're bound above, you don't fall below. In Yiddish he said, When you're bound above, you don't fall below. Now think of it physically. If a person goes down into a pit, and how do you climb out of the pit? But if you have a rope, and someone's holding the rope from above, and you're connected, that gives you the strength. In the Talmud there's an expression, a person in fetters, Someone who's tied up, who's locked up, cannot free himself. You need someone else to throw you that rope. Context of prayer prayer is binding ourselves to that which is above. They tell the story of the Blazhena Reb. I believe. He was in the, one of the camps, the concentration camps during the Nazi hell and the, and during World War II. And he was there with some of his Hasidim, his followers, his disciples. Now, this particular camp, every camp was, was uh, gruesome and cruel, but this particular commandant had his own sadism, and that was to play this game that he called a game, where they would line up the Jews and said, then to, told them, instructed, commanded them to dig these wide trenches. And here's how it went. Afterwards, they would start playing music just to add to the sadism and the cruelty. And whoever can jump over these wide trenches lives, and whoever can't will be shot. So one of the Hasidim's disciples says to his Rebbe, his teacher, he says, enough is enough. How much more can we suffer like this? Let's just let ourselves be killed, go back to God, and be at peace. And his Rebbe said, no. As long as we have an ounce of strength, and we're given the ability we have to keep fighting on, Okay, with that said, the game, quote-unquote, began. People began jumping and so on. In the mayhem and the havoc, nobody knew who lived, who didn't live. Well, a few weeks later, the camps were liberated, and lo and behold, both the Rebbe and the Chassid that spoke with him, both survived, and they met. And the Chassid says, the student says to his teacher, he says to him, you're not a young man, Rabbi, my teacher, Rebbe. How did you make it? How'd you jump over that wide trench? So he responded very calmly. He said, I closed my eyes and I held on to the coattails, to the kapata, the coattails of my holy father, my holy grandfather, and my holy great-grandfather, as far back as I was able to. And it gave me the strength to jump. And then the Rebbe says to his student, to his chassid, to his follower, he says to him, and How about you? You're also not that young. How did you make it? And he looked and smiled to the rabbi, to the rebbe, and said, "Rebbe, I held on to your coattails. I held on to your kapotin. We should never underestimate the power that we receive from connecting to that which is beyond ourselves. Because it gives us, it's not surrender. It's not giving up. It's not saying I can't do it. It actually adds strength to us. Because you still have to jump. But you're holding on to something higher that keeps you and doesn't let you fall. And these are generations before us. The expression that is attributed to Newton actually comes from Jewish Torah scholars much before Newton that we are like midgets that stand on the shoulders of giants. So a midget is much shorter than the giant, but when you stand on the shoulders of the giant, you have this, the height and the vision and perspective of the giant of the giant and the strength of the giant plus your own so it's our connections we are not an island unto ourselves we're a link in a chain and when you have that entire chain behind you and underneath you and holding you up you're infinitely stronger prayer is the essence of that type of connection the connection to something beyond ourselves and it's precisely that which gives us the power so for sure that power is listening. For sure that power is responding. Definitely acknowledging. We need to hold on with our dear, with our dear lives and our, all our strength because it gives us more power, gives us more strength, gives us more courage and more hope to get through any challenge that comes our way. And that's really the story of prayer. And that's why it's so vital. In different religions, and different cultures and customs, people pray in different ways. But the essence, it's about a human being who's struggling with the issues of existential loneliness and coming to realize, I'm not alone. You are not alone. There's far more to the picture than you can see. Prayer is accepting and acknowledging that, connecting to it. And yes, imploring that it be channeled into your life. And when one has that, when literally indestructible, invincible. This doesn't mean that we are not vulnerable and fragile creatures. It doesn't mean that we have many that we don't have challenges. And many times, things happen that we did not want, but that does not take away from our connection to that which is beyond us. Because even the negative, even though we may not see right now, is ultimately also part of the story. So, my friends, we need to do everything possible, obviously, to live, and God should bless us, with the healthiest and best, and lives that without any aggravation and pain and anxiety. But when we do deal with a challenge, know you're not alone. Know that you have the strength. And prayer is one of the ways, maybe the most powerful way, of connecting to those higher strengths and channeling it into your life. Binding yourself to that which is above, so we do not fall below. Now, how to pray is its own discussion, deserves its own workshop, its own conversation, and we have done that as well many times. But I will just say one short prayer that I think all of us can embrace, which I share many times, the morning prayer. We'll say the morning and the evening. The morning prayer, as soon as you wake up, thank you for returning my soul to me. Just that alone is a connection. What are you saying? You're thanking that higher reality, God, even though we don't even mention the name of God in that prayer, we're thanking the gratitude for giving me a soul, for connecting me and renewing my contract, for giving me that indispensable mission, and I'm beginning a fresh day with that strength. And in the evening, before we go to sleep, we say, in your arms, I entrust my spirit. Again, the connection between you, your spirit, your soul, with a higher purpose. And if we could infuse the rest of our day with that sense, with that feeling, with that cognizance and awareness, what would life be like? Think about it. So in Jewish tradition, we actually have three prayers, morning, afternoon, and evening, to create the balance. So throughout the day, we constantly have reminders and we connect to that which is above us. But of course, in between those moments, we're also looking to connect. Which is why the Talmud says, Halavai, may it be, that I pray all day. Now, Not everyone can pray all day literally saying the words, but you can be connected all day. And that's what we're seeking and looking for. So even when we go to work, and we're doing other trivial or not so trivial activities, our daily routines, we want to infuse that and connect it through those channels that prayer creates with that which is the bigger reality, the bigger picture, the purpose of our lives. And that should come down and infuse, permeate every detail. So here's here's my prayer and my blessing as well. May you, wherever you are, and whatever challenges you're facing, have the strength and ability to reach out, to reach up, to connect to that which is above you. And even if you don't always have the exact words, that too is part of a prayer. You can say, I don't know exactly what I need, or I don't know how to articulate it, but you do. So please give me what it is that I need in a smooth, easy, seamless fashion. Whether it's in matters of, of health and life, in matters of livelihood, matters of other needs that we have, children, healthy children, having good relationships with our. Spouses, with our friends, with our children, with our parents. And everything that one needs or requires, you can fill in the blanks. May you be blessed. May these prayers be fulfilled. And may we really learn this art of prayer. many ways, it's a lost art. To reclaim this power that allows us to connect that which is above, which helps us not stumble below. Thank you so much. This has been Simon Jacobson. Meaningfullife.com is our central website where you can find this program and many, many others. We have a full array and a robust schedule of, of programs each week. Please take advantage. And please share it with anyone you see fit. I'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your comments, your suggestions. Be blessed and pray well, my friends. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.